<laughs> We're so fucking lit. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the C-Sweet Healing Podcast. So happy to be back with y'all. We're just two besties here who fucking weird and love true crime. So in honor of Halloween coming up, we decided to do a true crime episode. And if you don't know... Me and Chelsea are obsessed with true crime. She has me obsessed with Bailey Syrian, and I just fell in love. I've always liked true crime. I love it. And I love Bailey because she be shunna shunna And she's batshit crazy. Yes. Love her. And the true crime, it really, in a sick way, calms me. Not because I'm like, I love murder. That's not what I'm saying. But solving a crime and like yeah. hearing what happens and the way people's brain works, it's all so intriguing and everything. So I do, I just love it in the sense of like discovering why people do things that they do but then also how the crime was solved like the steps of that they the took. investigation and the the evidence that they left behind and everything so I am so excited about this because like you said I'm literally always always watching true That's and it doesn't and it doesn't bother me you know how some mm-hmm. people like can't, can't go to sleep I love it now today is October 1st when we're recording this and Spooky so season. Yes. And- <laughs> In, in my house, Halloween is our favorite holiday. So today we started off watching Hocus Pocus. The second one? Yes. Did you watch it? <laughs> yes. Yes. I loved it. So and good. then Kayla, and I. that's why she's in therapy because I've been kind of thinking she's a psychopath. <laughs> uh, she has been literally obsessed with Michael Myers since she was a baby. Like, literally sits in front of the TV. My mom was like, Brittany, you need to get her checked out. She's not the baby who was like, I want to watch Dino Dan. That was a cartoon. Like, mommy, can we watch Michael Myers? And to this day, this this girl watched Michael Myers every day. So today marks the day we watch a scary movie every day mm-hmm. in the month of October. We're going to decorate our patio. Yes. Chelsea's a weirdo like me. That's why we're like soulmates. So... I did the research on this one. I came up with this one. So we're trying to figure out, even if y'all do or don't like it, we're still going to do a true crime. We're going to sprinkle one in now and every now and again. And we're going to do a female serial killers with a mental illness. So I did the research on this one. So it's going to be more like a blind test for Chelsea, like a blind react. And she gets to guess what mental illness this lady has. And the fact that you found a serial killer that I don't even know about is so crazy to me because I'm <laughs> telling you, I literally know all, a lot of them. I can't say all of them, but so many of them. So I'm so excited. Oh That's why gosh. I literally was like, I'm not researching anything and I'm just letting you tell me a story today. Yes, and I'm excited. So we're going to start off. Her name is Nurse Kristen Heather Gilbert, born Christian. I'm th- I think her name is Christian. It don't matter. She's a fucking serial killer. We can say her name wrong. She was born Christian Strickland, a.k.a. the angel of death. Sicko Christian was born November 13, 1967. And y'all Scorpios, y'all gonna have to stick with it. I've been saying y'all are serial killers. And here you go. Scorpios are another breed. We love all of our followers, even though the Scorpios, but y'all are built different. Y'all built different, baby. And uh, just... She's a Scorpio, which is crazy. She was born in Fall River, Massachusetts. And I know I'm saying that wrong. Fuck it. Whatever. Christian had a pretty normal childhood, so she really didn't experience anything traumatic that went on like most serial killers do. Mm-hmm. She had a good childhood. Her dad, his name was Richard Strickland. He was a U.S. Coast Guard. And then he went on to become an electronic engineer. Her mom, Claudia Strickland, was a stay-at-home mom, and she was a substitute teacher. When Christian was seven, her mom gave birth to her sister, Tara. And that's when they kind of noticed that her behavior changed. She seemed just a little maybe jealous. So when her sister was born, she spent a lot more time with her grandma. Christian was known as a pathological liar to her friends and her neighbors. She just was a fucking liar. Why? That was a red flag. So her friends noticed she was a liar and she told people she was a distant relative of Lizzie Borden, who was known for murdering her dad. Have you heard of Lizzie? Yes. She's a fucking psycho. And guess what? She's from the same city. She's from Fallwater. So Christian would lie and tell her friends that that she was a, a distant resident of a relative of hers. This lady, Lizzie Borden, I want to do more research on her because she's a yes. psychopath. She killed her. She murdered her dad and her stepmom with the axe. And Lizzie, again, she was from Firewater. So she was able, people were probably like believing her because they're yeah. like, oh, well, she's from our city. So 
and then she's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. And there's like a whole Lizzie Borden house and everything that you can like stay Lie. at and stuff. Because yes, she like brutally attacked them with axes, like crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna have to do. Her. Oh, she probably had a mental illness too. We may have to hit up Lizzie, see what she like. Do a little story on her. Then, girl, let me tell you how crazy she is. She lied. She also lied about her parents again. You know, her mom was a stay at home mom. They didn't. I didn't find. I watched a lot of stuff on her. Didn't see that like her parents were abusive or they had like a toxic relationship but she would lie and tell her parents she would tell her friends that her mom was a drunk who beat her one of her friends pamela told um the newspaper that people thought christian was strange the friend told her about a time they were watching the soap opera general hospital and uh it was a character on there by the name of amy and she was an evil nurse so christian would always say how much she liked amy another fucking red flag and then she became a nurse the nurse I guess on General Hospital, I tried to do like some Googling on her. I guess she was, and John watched the General Hospital. I'm going to have to ask him. But I think she was a nurse on there who used to cure her patients. So Amy probably, I mean, Christian was probably thinking like, oh, she getting away with killing these people. She's like, that's so that's smart. A, that's a dream. Goals. Crazy bitch. <laughs> so she was like telling her friend how much she likes her. Her friend thought that was kind of strange. So then they went on to just say how, like, with her ex-boyfriend, she was crazy. She was verbally and physically abusive. She would threaten suicide anytime her boyfriends would try to break up with her. And then when that didn't work, um, she would destroy their cars. She would call... She, She was a fucking weirdo. She would call their house and just breathe heavily in the phone and then hang up. Psycho. But... In my research, they were saying, like, she was very, very smart. And she graduated from Groton Do Stable High School a year and a half early. And then in 1986, she enrolled in Bridgewater State College. She also worked. This is where it gets sick. I couldn't even research the rest of it because I don't I don't want to talk about kids. But she also worked as a home health aide. And she was accused of scolding a disabled child with hot water that resulted in 60% of his body being burnt. And she was never prosecuted. Like, the mom came home like, you know, what the fuck happened with my son? And she was just like, nothing. And Oops. she was never prosecuted. Bitch, that's sick, right? So then... I guess a little bit after that, she like faked a suicide attempt and she was ordered into a psychiatric treatment by her college, by Bridgewater State College officials. Um, So they she was just a psychopath and she did a lot of different stints like in psychiatric care or whatever. Um, And I'm not sure when she was diagnosed with her mental illness. Do you want to keep going or do you want to kind of guess what she has? I'm going to guess now because I bet it plays into the rest of the story. One, she totally sounds like a sociopath because she has mm-hmm. no emotion for anybody else None. who doesn't care. But does she have, like, multiple personalities or something like that? Similar. Okay, so in my research, I found out, and it's crazy because, again, she has such a good childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, most serial kills come from a horrible yeah. background. So in my research, it was found that she was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. I've never heard of this before mm-hmm. in my life. But they said it's a... Pro- and then she had friends. So that was kind of. To me, I hear antisocial and it's like you somebody like, who's she a hermit. No, she had friends. And it said it's particularly a challenging type of personality disorder characterized by impulsive, irresponsible, and often criminal behavior. It says somebody with antisocial personality disorders will typically be manipulative, deceitful, and reckless and will not care of for other people's feelings. Okay. So, so just she's a everything wrapped in a bow for her. Yes. And like scalding that baby, he's disabled. And they also say they don't show any remorse for hurtful actions. So that's why she, in like she literally got away with doing this to this disabled baby. So after all her suicide attempt, like she would lie and say she was going to commit suicide, but I don't think she ever attention for attention. She was attention seeker, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that she ever like tried to harm herself. I didn't see anything with that. So I'm not sure like when she was diagnosed, I couldn't really find in my research when she was diagnosed, they maybe diagnosed her like as she went on to like Mm -hmm. do crazy shit. So then she was transferred to Mount Wasson. Massachusetts, I cannot pronounce that, Community College in Gardner, 
Massachusetts and then to Greenfield Community College. So she was just kind of all over the place because people was probably sick of her shit. And it doesn't even say like after college or like after high school, she stayed in touch with her parents. Like I didn't read like see it's like she yeah. may be disconnected from her parents. I wonder if that's why she switched colleges a lot, because I wonder if she didn't want to develop relationships or people to see her for who she really Crazy was. Bitch. So she was just bouncing. around. She was just bouncing around like a fucking psycho. Oh, my gosh. So then it says, um, where did it go? Okay. So she transferred. That was her last school. So she graduated with her nursing diploma and became an RN in 1988. Around that time, she also had moved to another college to be closer to her boyfriend at the time, which was the last college where she graduated from. Tell me why she can get a man and I can't. Because, bitch, he didn't know you was a psychopath. (laughs) Fucking bitch. Like, she was crazy. But you know what? It's always them crazy hoes who can get a man. They like him crazy. They like him crazy. Okay, until well, they start, he's probably about to learn his lesson. Until they start being crazy. And then he, <laughs> they want to out. So, girl, it says like she graduated in 1988. And then later that year, she married her husband, Glenn Gilbert. She was emotionally and physically abusive to him. A month after they were married... <laughs> You know, he probably ignored those red flags. Mm-hmm. So a month after they were married, um, she chased him around the house with a knife. Luckily for him, he was able to <laughs> escape into another room until she calmed down. But then if we go back to when she was dating, they all said she was verbally and physically mm-hmm. abusive to her boyfriends. So the more she got away with it, it looks like she just keeps escalating Escalating. That's crazy because nobody's paying attention. No consequences. She's probably, like, really smart so she could talk her way out of shit. Crazy. Like giving her a high. She's like, fuck yeah. Fucking psycho. <sighs> so then in March, March 6, 1989, she started working at the VA in Massachusetts. And actually, in my research, I found that this was America's first veteran psychiatric hospital. First. So not only are these men going to war, coming home fucked up. They go into the psychiatric hospital with the angel of death. And I think from the things that you've been saying, it seems like her victims, because we're obviously here talking about true crime, so we know she's about to kill people, but her victims are all people that are disabled in some way that she can control, mm-hmm. and it's nobody that could overpower her or outsmart her. Like, it's the disabled little boy, the um, the veterans who are probably physically disabled, but PTSD and all these things. Like, she's going after... Uh, after people, she's preying on them like mm-hmm. a psycho. And then we forgot to give this disclaimer, but disclaimer... We will talk about deaths. I won't go into details. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like awful deaths, but if this is a trigger for you, I advise just stop and move on. Yeah. Okay, so then... She started working at the hospital in 1989. In a year, Christian was featured on the April 1990 copy of the VA Practitioners. Like, literally, she was front and center, like, front page on their hospital, like, magazine. And it kind of makes you wonder how she was able to get on the front page when many of her patients were dying. Like, she works at the VA for seven years. The time she was there, half of the 350 deaths occurred while she was on duty. So a doctor started noticing like patterns and stuff. And I'm sure her other coworkers noticed stuff too. Like yeah. why every time she, this whole get on the clock, everybody just start dropping like flies. Like yeah. it's people who just come, it's a psychiatric hospital, but mm-hmm. they do still treat them. So, you know, it's a VA hospital. So at first it was just for psychiatric purposes, but they do see people like if they're hurt or sick, so they don't have to go to the emergency room. Yeah. Of course, they're a veteran. A veteran, they deserve that much. So, of course, some of them are going to come back dismembered, maybe, or in not in the psychological state that they yeah. went. So, this should be a place of peace for them. But, of course, they come in contact with the angel of death. It's over. Literally, doctors started noticing, this doctor in particular started noticing a pattern and told Christian's nursing manager, Melody Turner, she did nothing. Like, she overlooked it, like, whatever, probably because you go to work, you do your job, you're good at your job. So she got away with it again. Again. So nothing was done when when uh, the doctor told the nursing manager. She just continued to go on her killing spree. Then the nurses would often joke, calling her the angel of death, and no one took the, no one took the joke seriously. 
And in my research, I was doing research. There are a lot of nurses that they call the angel of death. Like, so sick people get into the nursing field, healthcare field, and they prey on the vulnerable mm-hmm. and the weak. And that's sick to me. Yeah. So then this dang energy drink got me like. So in 1990, Christian gave birth to her first son. And then she returned to the VA hospital after maternity leave in 1991. So. When I was doing different research, you know, different things say different stuff. But it looks like the killings had kind of stopped when she was on her maternity leave. Then she came back, and then they picked right back up. Mm -hmm. She wasn't smart, like, would stop her killing. Like, she instantly just came back like, hey, I miss killing, and I'm done. And I don't think I've gotten to the part where we talked about this, but the way she would would kill them with Epi. Because, you know, Epi is like adrenaline. Mm -hmm. So it would... Like, give them a heart attack. Give them a heart attack. On perfectly normal patients, and we'll get there. Oh, my God. We're almost there to the first person that we, like, recognize. Oh, my. That they actually was, like. at this point, they had suspicions, but they didn't investigate anybody's body. They didn't didn't do anything. Cause of death. So, at this point, they're, like, she's a little off and stuff, but, like, she just has bad luck. Yeah. I'm sorry y'all keep saying bitch. I hate people like this. But again, I'm obsessed with true crime. But it angers me. So she went on maternity leave. And then she came back, right? The deaths continued. And then in 1993, her second son was born. So Sicko had two sons. I couldn't find their names. I don't even want to bring up their names. I'm sure they want to get away from this bitch. So They're probably like witness protection like, now. Please keep me away from my mom. Yeah, when y'all figure out where she is located at now, y'all gonna be like, "What the fuck?" But if she's at Gainesville, I'm out. <laughs> That's where she is, isn't it? She's at. Why does everybody fucking go to Gainesville? Why no, are they bringing them no, here? No, but she's close. Oh, she's God. in Fort. She's in Fort Worth. Oh my, God. that's even closer. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, <sighs> psycho. Why do why are all the crazy people in Texas? <laughs> so the deaths continue. And then 1993, second son was born. By 1995, Christian and Glenn's marriage started falling apart. Let me tell you about Sicko. We get here. I, y'all, she started working here in 1989. So it's 95. She's still at the VA. It's 1995. Like, you you kill one person, two person, three person, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, hundreds, and nobody's saying anything. Nobody's investigating. And I'm surprised no families have pressed lawsuits or anything if it was just like. Yeah, all that's very common. I'm in the hospital industry, and so a lot of times families are very hurt and upset, even though there's nothing that the that people could they the still go providers for could yep. do. They're like, y'all still did something wrong, and it may not ever go to court, but they still press some sort of charge or try to file some claim. I'm shocked that nobody has done that up until now, especially with veterans, like oh. people who protected and served the country, yeah. and y'all are like, oh, they're just dying. Well, and a lot of times our veterans and they people don't who protect us have a harder time you want to know it pisses me off because help. it's really people who i'm not going to even get into politics but mm-hmm. these people it's some people who really truly want to serve and protect their country and the fact that they get out of the army or whatever branch they're in and they come home to absolutely shit mm-hmm. and they're living on the street and you mean to tell me like it 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 angers me that these people have to endure what they do from our fucking yeah. government like this va hospital like you said it should be a place of sanctuary and For comfort them. and even if they have to leave there and go figure life out they should be here and then people like this taking advantage the nurses should be people. advocating and you're praying on them it's sad when i was like going through here i was like why the fuck did it have to be at a va hospital mm-hmm. not saying that it's better anywhere yeah. else but you know they they they've suffered enough and i think it truly speaks to her mental illness and i think it will all probably wrap up It'll at wrap the up. end Sicko. of why she's there <laughs> so in late 1995 stanley and i'm not saying people's last names if you guys want to google google um I just protect the family. Yeah, and stuff. I'm sure they may not ever hear our podcast, but if they come across <laughs> this, we healing. Yeah. We want to make sure that they We're don't. We're not trying to cause trauma again. Yes. So in late 1995, Stanley came and in, came into the VA hospital. He was a veteran. He was like 63. He was older. He came in. Everything was fine. He was sick, but he was getting better until Christian, aka Angel Deaf, come on duty out. Nurse Christian was sob. I don't even. I think I'm saying her name wrong. I think her name is Christian. Kristen. I don't know, girl. 
I spelled it like this, but I don't know if it's Christian or Christine. Kristen. I know, but Kristen. I wonder if I let me look. It's we'll just call her Chris. Okay, yeah, it is Kristen. Okay, so then she goes into his So a nurse saw Christian go into Stanley's room with a syringe. Again. Nobody saying anything. You saw her go into his room with a syringe. That was odd because his meds were pills. So why would she be going in there with yeah. syringes, right? So the nurse then heard Stanley scream out, ouch, it hurts, you're killing me. A few minutes later, he's going into cardiac arrest and he passed away. So you saw her go into the room with a syringe. She didn't hide it in her hand. And then you hear him say what he say, and you don't intervene, you stupid-ass bitch. That's angering me so bad. But then it was a nurse who, this is kind of like a sidebar from where we're at, but it was a nurse who started, like, paying attention to the patterns. I'm not sure if it's this particular nurse where she started, like, keeping track of the, the epi. Cause mm-hmm. she's like, they're fine. They're going in like the disposed box in the hospital, in the rooms. Like, why is it epi in here? It, what do they need epi for? Yeah. But y'all still not. And you know, back in the day, I guess there were, they wasn't as evolved. I don't know. Was she like a charge nurse no. or like anything? I don't think a higher so. level maybe. I don't think she, that, and cause that was my thoughts too. Like maybe yeah. nobody was questioning her because she was like a charge nurse. Yeah. It's crazy. So this nurse started like keeping tabs on Mm -hmm. the epi and she noticed that when she went on vacation and came back most of it was gone and more deaths had occurred so the nurse she found it was weird that all his pills were all his medicine were pills you saw her with a syringe you say nothing and then a few minutes later he's literally dead so it was like a they were kind of confused. They were like, he was sick, but he was getting better and better yeah. and better. And then all of a sudden, she literally, as soon as she, she comes on duty, he's dead, like, minutes later. Nobody say anything. Poor Stanley. Sad, sad, sad. So then that summer, she became friendly with the police officer who worked at the hospital. His name was James. Huh. <sighs> Sicko. Her marriage was already falling apart. She already tried to kill the man. The man probably like, we got two kids. Let me stay. Probably something like Jeffrey Dahmer's dad. I just can't. Girl, I can't. So I wouldn't even stay with somebody if they'd like talk shit to me and they're staying with people bringing knives out. I'd be like, like I'm out, me. bitch. Try me. And then you did that before y'all had kids. Why you red flag? Crazy. Like, bitch. don't create another cuckoo. Come on. But then when we get to the end, it, I think it maybe will explain kind of why her husband kind of stayed. I think he was scared of her and protecting his kids probably. But she tried to kill him before the kids. Oh yeah. That's why she. Sh- he knew. He knew. He okay. was scared. Okay. So, that summer she became friendly with James. And by the fall, they were having an affair. Keep in mind, she was still married to poor old Glenn. Um, yeah. So, then, you know, she having an affair. Her dude, like, hey, what's up? So, Glenn's truly ride or die because he knew motherfucker would die if he didn't ride for her. <laughs> He, he like, knew. I'm trying to stay alive. He like, I'm still alive. But a man's breathing. <laughs> okay, this is not sorry. Y'all we're sick. Okay. Okay. And so then she's still married, right? Bitch crazy. So then Christian starts cooking more and more and more. And Glenn starts complaining that the food tastes funny. So come to find out, investor after all of this, investigators suspect that she was poisoning him. No fucking duh. Did he die? Oh my god, I'm not telling you. <laughs> y'all, Chelsea, y'all should see her face while I'm telling this story because she literally didn't do any research, and this was not even the plan. But it's so much better that you don't know because you're because I know because we watch true crime. You're like fucking antsy. Y'all should yes. see her face. Okay, okay. So then in November 1995, 1995, Glenn got really sick. And he was rushed to the ER, but he recovered. Later on, she took out two syringes and said she was going to flush his veins and then draw his blood. She was a nurse, so he wasn't, he wasn't like, suspicious of anything. And I don't know if Glenn had heard about her murdering all those people at the hospital or that she had the Angel of Death nickname Who's to say? Because if you knew, 
this bitch wouldn't be giving me nothing. And if you, why, why wouldn't they do that? I was just at the ER. Why yeah. wouldn't they flush me out and dry my blood? Then what was you gonna do with the blood? He's not a veteran, yeah. so you can't take it to work. Glenn, fucking think. Was you brainwashed? He was scared. Dumbass. I'm, I'm irritated with Glenn at this point. I don't want to victim blame, but goddamn. <laughs> you said the food tastes funny. Did the kids say the food tastes funny? She better not have been poisoning kids. I don't know if kids. she was poisoning motherfucking kids. I don't even know if they're alive. I'm going to Google it before we get out of here because I don't know if the kids are alive. Oh, oh God. Okay. Child, look. <laughs> Glenn, poke Glenn. <sighs> all right, all right, all right. Back to the story. So... He didn't think anything of it. So then, um, oh, so when she put the syringe in, he felt cold and he tried to push her away, but she pinned him to the wall with her hip. So you, are you standing up while she's drawing your blood? Like I'm trying to visualize. Maybe he was sitting in a chair, like up against the wall and okay. that's how she was able to like over. And then he him. already weak cause he being poisoned. <laughs> so he didn't got out the hospital. He tired. He weak. And then bitch, you didn't sit up here, girl. So then, so she pinned him to the wall with her hip and pat. And then he passed out. And when he came to, he heard her say, <laughs> "Oh God!" He heard her say, "This isn't going to work." <laughs> like she was like, Glenn really is strong. He's strong because she was all them people she killed. He ain't died. Glenn was like, I'm, he like, poison. I'm still alive. He like, mm -mm. I'm still alive. <laughs> okay, so then, child Glenn gets lucky, okay? He gets lucky. Because apparently the police officer, James, ain't listening to shit they talking about. Because you know they, women be messy in the hospital. You know they like, mm -hmm. it's whispers. It's like Grey's like, Anatomy. Ain't, girl, my favorite. Look at my phone case. <laughs> Sidebar. I'm obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. Okay, so like... Glenn catches an out, y'all. He got lucky. Because her lover, James, gave her an ultimatum and said, hey, it's either me or your husband. What you going to do? Christian asked Glenn for a divorce, and he escapes with his life. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so happy for Glenn. <laughs> I am so happy for him. He found his strength with the ultimatum because he would have stayed. Well, and he really just stuck it out, and then he got to be completely free. Like, nothing, but we don't know if he has effect from the poison or not, but He's Glenn, out. he out, right? Because the man gave him an ultimatum, so he escaped. So then on December 8th, 1995, veteran Henry came into the VA hospital because he had took 50 pills and he drank a 12-pack of beer. Now, when I was watching, like, reenactments, it seemed that Henry kind of had, like, a mental illness, maybe mm -hmm. PTSD from the Army. Um, his mom said he, like, heard voices. Um, so I think he was maybe maybe schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. And he, I don't even know. They didn't even really say if he tried to commit suicide, but 50 pills, 12-pack of beer, I'm thinking he's trying to commit mm -hmm. suicide. When his family was leaving him at the hospital, his sister remembers him screaming, you can't leave me here. You can't leave me in this building. People are dying around here for no reason. He was scared, but his family thinking he was just he's just off of his rockers. They're not thinking anything of it. Mind you, Christian comes in on duty, and Henry, Henry never left the hospital. Like, as soon as she came on duty, he was gone. Then I was doing some research where his mom was like, the, the doctor called him and was like, Henry's gone. So she, because he will always go to the hospital and escape, go to the hospital and escape. Mm -hmm. So he, he would always call his mom or his sister and whoever had time, they would take him back to the hospital because he knew something was wrong, but his mental illness, his mental just illness just wouldn't allow him. So his mom, the doctor, when the doctor called his mom, his mom was like, okay, I'll go to his apartment and see if he's there. And the doctor was like, no, I mean gone like as in dead. So his mom was like, what? So then, you know, his mom and his sister started feeling guilty because what he said, he, he was like hearing the rumors too that like every time somebody goes to the VA hospital, they die. And that's like a red flag to me that that was a rumor going on and, and there nobody still did was nothing. nothing being done. No investigation, nothing. They just let this bitch murder. And Henry knew. So then, listen, after Henry, the, the the angel of death jokes were finally, five years later, taken seriously. Taken seriously, right? So nurses started becoming suspicious. So then February 1996, the Department of VA launches an investigation. Christian was happy, wasn't happy about the investigation and even told her ex-husband, you better not speak with the investigators. 
So she's still messing with Pope Glenn after he didn't got away. So then in July 1996, James, which is her lover, tries to end the relationship. And because I guess he started hearing of the rumors. And also when I was watching something else, um, Glenn was a police officer, but mm-hmm. anytime a code, what is the code? Is it code blue? Yeah. Anytime a code was called, the police officer would have to go. Mm-hmm. He noticed most of the codes that he was going was going to was her. Yeah. So he started like piecing things together. So then he tried to end the relationship and it didn't. And she said she didn't want to end it. So he kind of was just like, okay, whatever. And then a month later, he tried to break up again and to no avail, she didn't want to do it. This is in July. So September in 96, James told her he decided to speak to the investigators. Christian got, Christian got upset and told him not to after. And then after that, she would harass him on the day girl. This bitch is crazy. On the day he was going to speak to the investigator, she blocked in his car with hers. It didn't end there. She started stalking him. She threw eggs at his car. She spray painted his windshield and even keyed the cars. But then let's remember when she was younger, she would verbally and physically abuse her ex-boyfriends and she would mess up their cars too. Okay. So, huh. It just, and just the physical and verbal abuse just continue, and I'm guessing that's a part of her antisocial personality behavior, like just aggressive behavior. Um, so it just continued. She would call his house, and she and he would answer, and she would just heavily breathe on the phone. So then he decided to contact the phone company because you know back in the day you could just start six seven. Yeah. So he decided to call the phone company and um, trace the calls back to her. Child, y'all. Brace y'all goddamn motherfucking seats. Because I, I said I'm going to stop cussing, but this bitch, she, y'all, disclaimer, I say bitch a lot in this episode. Because this whole situation is frustrating. Where the being ball a nerd, dropped so many places. So many places, and people are not being taken care of, chills. All right. So, y'all, y'all know the investigation started earlier in July. Can you guess what she did? She shot him up, didn't she? Let me tell you what this bitch did, y'all. Are they still letting her work right now through the investigation? She's working. (laughs) And more deaths go on. On September 26, 1996, she made a bomb threat to the VA hospital. That because they were investigating. And uh, I I don't even know where to connect. And then they said, like, in when I was reading, like, during the investigation, Oh, sorry, y'all probably can't hear me. During the investigation, um, she did, like, several, <clears throat> like, she checked herself into several mental institutions, like, psychiatric cares for, like, one to ten days. To, like, avoid. To, it. like, avoid. And to say, like, you know, she's getting the help she's needing. I don't think she ever really admitted to the deaths, right? Crazy. Mm-hmm. She makes a bomb threat. And... She uses a handheld voice changer called the Talk Girl Junior to mask her voice. On September 30th, um, she told her neighbor she found a bomb recipe and it was easy to make. So apparently after the bomb threat, I'm not sure if she was like planning on like making this homemade bomb and then blowing up the hospital. Like I I couldn't find anything with that because I'm like, you making a what? Like, I wonder if it's another empty threat, like her suicide suicide attempt, or if it's, like, she really was plotting. Because why would you tell your neighbor? Like, why why would that even be a conversation to be had? Like, yeah, Chels, I just figured out how to make a homemade bomb. I bet that's part of, like, her disorder, like, her impulsive behavior. Impulsive behavior, like, like she she doesn't doesn't care. Yeah. And then maybe you think, like, because... Signs of antisocial personality um, behave recklessly, mm-hmm. blame others for their problems, break the law, destroy property. So to her, it's probably like it's like normal. Just get rid of all of it. Like fuck it, just burn it all to the you ground. You think like she's not even thinking like oh. I think she's been panic mode. She's like, shit, because she hasn't been caught ever. And I think it's getting closer, and the more it's closing in on her, she's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. See, you watch a lot of true crime, so you know. <laughs> so after she talked to the, she told her it's an easy way to make a bomb. The same day, she bought a talk boy junior. So I guess the first one changed her voice to a girl. This talk boy changes into a boy. The cashier where she bought the talk boy junior remembers how Kristen wanted to make sure the batteries work worked. She called James and which is James, the the man she was having an affair mm-hmm. with, and said, Officer Parat, I've been watching you boy. 
<laughs> like what? Crazy, 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 crazy. On October 1st, 1996, a search warrant was led, uh, the police, a search warrant led the police to search Christian's apartment, and they seized batteries, the talk boy junior, and they also found a news article about the bomb threat. Her attempts to stop the investigation on the murders and try to hide the fact that she made the bomb threats didn't work. She was found guilty. So this is where I'm really confused, and nothing kind of came together, like for real. And I guess we'll talk about that a little bit more after I finish this part. Um, she was found guilty of the bomb threats and sentenced to 15 months in prison and then three years supervised release. Before calling in the bomb threat, she called her ex-husband Glenn with the talk girl and left the following message. I just wanted to say goodbye for the last time. Goodbye. And you know, she always do like the suicide yeah. attempt. So maybe... Um, before she caught that bomb threat in, maybe she really did plan to pull up the hospital or maybe yeah. that was another fake suicide attempt. It's kind of like the little boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Okay, so she calls him. So the investigation would end and she would go on trial for Stanley, Henry, Kenny, and Ed. So those were all the four that they could pinpoint that mm -hmm. she killed out of 350 deaths. So that is insane. that's insane, right? So on March 27, 2001, a judge sentenced Kristen Gilbert, a.k.a. the fucking nurse, the angel of death, oh my gosh, to four consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole, plus 20 years. She tried appealing it, but in 2003, she dropped it because the Supreme Court had ruled that in a retrial, prosecutors could pursue the death sentence. So she was only charged with four deaths, but it's obviously she killed many more people because... So did she ever admit to it? I don't think I couldn't find anything that like she ever admitted to it. Um, she was just a psychopath, but they really didn't even have a lot of evidence either. Yeah. Like when they searched her apartment, um, they really didn't have a lot of evidence. Like she was like threatening her, her ex-husband and the, the police officer, but it wasn't really clear. Like, I think just the rumors maybe had did it and then them seeing her go into the rooms and like all of the, uh, I don't know. It, it's just so crazy because she really escaped the death penalty and I feel like she should, but they said that she's in, uh, I, when I was looking, they said that she was somewhere in Fort Worth. Um, let me see. I think they said she was somewhere like in Fort Worth, but it kind of seemed like she was like in a um a psychiatric ward, like in a psychiatric prison or something. Let me see. It's Kristen Gilbert. Where is she? Yeah. It's just so crazy. Ain't she crazy though? Because it's like there's a side of you that's like there's a mental illness Look, there and it's difficult. It says she resides in the Federal Medical Center Carswell in Fort Worth, Texas. Look at her. Little sick ass bitch. You kill all those people. Chels, like, I feel so bad. Like, 350 deaths and you only get convicted for four. I mean, and I guess that's good, but for seven years, y'all yeah. allowed this to go on. Let's see where her kids are. See, and that's what's so hard is kind of like what I was saying was you, there's a piece of you that's like, God, like the mental illness and stuff. Like, I do think that, mm -hmm. that, that it derives something obviously like different because my brain could never even get there. Like I've always said, the only time I think I could ever have to do something like that is if I'm protecting family, like the people that I love. And even in that aspect, my goal isn't I'm murdering them. My goal is stopping them Stop from hurting us. Yeah. So it, it is a different piece of your brain. And I think it would be really interesting to see what the brain would look like. Because mm -hmm. there's some people, I've been watching the Jeffrey Dahmer series. I just finished oh it last God. night. Yes. And they were saying that John Wayne Gacy's brain was normal. Like yeah. there was nothing in there. But do you know, after I watched Riverdale, <laughs> it sounds funny, but I didn't know that people can have like a serial killer gene. Yeah. And it, that's just like alcoholism and drug addiction. Mm -hmm. Like that's a gene. Then people get so upset. So I'm not saying it's okay, it's but there's okay. a piece yeah. of you that kind of can feel like, damn, that's kind of hard. But it's like, mm -hmm. to me at the same time though, I don't think that it should also excuse them from that behavior. Right. And so you want to, okay, so let's think about it, like having a mental illness. We know mm -hmm. that like it could 
be a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even when I'm looking up her, like, disorder or whatever, it's literally um, a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. Even though she didn't have a traumatic childhood, yeah. anything. Just like chemical in her brain. A chemical in her brain because I didn't even really find anything, like, about her sister or what her relationship was like with her sister. It just seemed like she had a really good relationship with her parents. And then when her, what I think what happened is sometimes when you're the only child for so long, like once her sister came, that's when they noticed the behavior, like her trying to get attention. Like, oh, I'm not the baby anymore. I'm not the only one that, you know, yeah. that the attention is on. So maybe that's why, because they were like, after her sister was born, she started spending more time with her grandma. And then that's when like the, the, the lying and all of that started. So even though it may not have been traumatic to, us a like normal like us in. it could have been a traumatic experience mm-hmm. for a kid like here's this baby and now nobody's paying attention to me not excusing her behavior but we all know when we deal with a mental illness like even when I'm going through like the worst depression of my life I feel low I feel like I don't want to live yeah. anymore and that is something wrong with your brain and I think that's why it's so important for us as a society to really pay attention to those things like if you notice something's off about somebody that you know where it's like it's just different and things like that like it just is literally mind-blowing to me that she was going around doing this and nobody spoke up in the hospital and like I know that people get nervous for retaliation or whatever could happen especially if they were scared of her and think they're crazy and they're going to do something to you. But it's just like, there's so many lives that could have been saved if one person just spoke up. It's one. And not even, like, even when a doctor spoke up, like, you're a doctor. So he should have pressed the issue more. Like, hey, mm-hmm. it's this nurse on my shift that is constantly killing people. Because we're not going to excuse the behavior. But then we want to see why all these people dropped the ball. Yes. She was in psychiatric care. Even if she never attempted to commit suicide. To me, that's crazy as fuck if you even just keep telling somebody, like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And you're she's did multiple stints in psychiatric wars and no Nobody properly diagnosed her or yeah. medicated her until all all of these people had to die. Even with Jeffrey Dahmer, like I know we're kind of getting off the top off topic, but it's still a serial killer. How like the police officer didn't do a lot of no. research or, you know, he's gay. So y'all are scared to go in his apartment because I mm-hmm. think y'all going to catch them. Y'all let a 14 year old boy go back into his presence because to us, we, we probably walk around serial killers all the time. They look normal sometimes yeah. to us. But if y'all notice certain behaviors and nothing's getting done by the police, the mm-hmm. people who are supposed to protect and serve, or in this instance, y'all are helping veterans. Yeah. Y'all are there to protect them. They've mm-hmm. done their job and protected the country. Yeah. Protect them. Nobody. After the first person, I would have been like, why the fuck is it Epi in here? Well, you need to like look into it. And that's my thing is like we have a right to the victims. We have a right to protect the people around us. Like say if we were in that instance, you know what I mean? Obviously not right now. We're going to go over there. But, you know, right. like, in that moment, like that's their duty. And I just think that's what's so crazy to me is that it's just so many different balls dropped but it's like to me I don't know if it's I've always felt like whenever say people want the death penalty for somebody to me I'm like that's an easy way out they get to come now in that and you cause say, havoc yeah. and, and then they, they get, get to the hurt die. people and they just get to escape it like no to me I'm like they need to deal with it and be in that confinement and but nowadays sometimes prisons is like like they're hanging they're out hanging going to college out. and stuff but, but also to me I feel like even in my sense with the assault how I said everybody just minded their business why are people so in this oh I'm minding my business that you see somebody being harmed and don't say anything because yeah. to me I've been in a medical field since I was 18 years old I've been working as an office manager I had my medical assistant certification so I worked with doctors and nurses and and my thing is this, people come to the doctor or to the hospital because there's a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're hurting, they're in pain, so they're coming to you for help, and then they come here and you kill them? Yes. That's sad. It was like a power thing for her, like power yeah. to be able to do that. And it really does just show you how some people can just be sick in the head, literally, like from mental illness or just crazy psychos and just do it and it's just so awful it's it it is and you know i think that's why i love mental health and like psychology Mm -hmm. so much like 
when I find the time, I really do want to go back to college, not just for a degree, because I want to study the human brain. Like, yeah. I want to see what makes people do. Like you mm-hmm. said, a certain, they looked at a serial killer's brain and it looked normal. But I want to study, like, behaviors and yeah. why people do the things that they do. Because it even if it seems stupid to us, it has to be a reason why. Like, here she is, a seven-year-old little girl, probably not able to express emotions or know mm-hmm. how to. So she just started making up pretend things. Even her making, um, saying she was relatives with Lizzie. Like yes. she just, it felt like she just wanted to have a connection with mm-hmm. somebody because maybe she felt like that connection was gone. Yeah. But who's to say her parents wasn't giving her the same attention? But yeah. when a newborn baby is in a house, of course it's not the same. Yeah, well, and I think that's why it's so important to talk about mental health and that's why I love that we have this podcast to help others have a place and an avenue to talk about it if they don't in their like personal lives because you just you never know like you just have to be aware not saying that any of us could have stopped her right I'm not saying that yeah being able to look out for those warning signs and pay attention and I think that's what's hard sometimes too is hearing things like this and you're like being in that situation, what could I have done to stop it? Whenever in reality, you couldn't you have. You couldn't Nobody have, could have. But. but just being there to kind of help offset some of those things, I don't know. It just kind of gets you thinking, and I think that's why true crime is so fascinating to me. Chelsea, what? why am I reading something? And it says her net worth, it says Christian Gilbert is one of the richest criminals. She is also listed as a famous, as listed in famous people born in November and 13 richest celebrities born in the United States. According to our analysis based on Forbes, what, wait, 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 wait. How is she one of the richest criminals? Like what? I'm trying, I was trying to find something like about, look, you see, children relatives like they don't have anything like it's like they went off the face of the earth like I couldn't find anything about her um her kids um that just makes so much sense because you know what is so sick is whenever people have status Mm -hmm. and money or like Jeffrey Dahmer in prison or they look a certain way typically if they're white or something somebody's gonna she was pretty so nobody probably was like oh my gosh look at her she's a blonde she's People are just like, there's no way it could be them. No way. Her network is 1.5. That's ridiculous. That is so insane to me. Chelsea, nothing about her siblings. It's like not known. It's like her sister. So her family's all protected and everything. Yes, because like, girl, I'm just, I'm really, and I don't know if we, if I said that, but she induced cardiac arrest in her patients with, by injecting them with the epi. I don't know if I said that, Mm -hmm. but she was causing them to have heart attacks. Um... It says, and it says that she, I don't know, Chelsea, I'm just baffled that, girl, they got, like, her her dress size, like, like romanticizing these serial killers. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine the people who, like, love her or sick-ass nurses who are nurses who, who kill people at work and get away with it every day, mm-hmm. who's writing her letters in jail? I, I'm just baffled, like, mm-hmm. Chelsea. That's my thing. Like, I am, I do like true crime where I like hear the stories and things like that. But it is, it brings out a whole other side of the mental illness world. Whenever there's people that idolize serial killers and look up to it and things like that and glorify it. I'm just like, I just want to understand why. And like, even though I I feel bad for saying the Jeffrey Dahmer series was good, but I just think I like Evan. Is that his, is it Ethan? Evan. Evan. I love him. Like, Mm -hmm. do you watch him on American Horror Story? Like when he did the asylum, he's just an amazing actor. And I feel like it was put together well, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the, uh, the families were coming out saying, like, this is re-traumatizing us. And I can only imagine, like, yeah. walking past somebody who looks normal, who's handsome or beautiful. And you're like, oh, my gosh, they can never. Yeah. Like, no. And look at her. She just looks like she's just rotting. And the way that somebody looks never determines anything. Like, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean that she could or couldn't do it. This It's just crazy. That's a crazy true crime story. Oh, and she's know. right here. I'm about to go visit her. And she's a Scorpio. I should write her a letter and tell her, you sick-ass hoe. I mean, I know it's not going to do anything. It's going to make me feel better, though, like to know that 350 families, like 49, so 347 families are just like, Still guessing, like, mm-hmm. if 
if she did this, how did she do this? Probably never thought to get an autopsy because they're at the VA. So they're thinking yeah. like, this is the safest place they can be. So out of 350 people, only four, which you're, she's serving consecutive life sentences. So that's a good thing. But it just goes to show you how many people are crazy. And I think this episode was kind of not good, but to bring awareness because we're both in healthcare. Yeah. And I just couldn't imagine like being in healthcare, walking past a sick ass nurse, knowing yeah. she's killing people. But I'm because we like true crime and we mm -hmm. try to put pieces together. If we're in a hospital and like you work at a hospital, mm -hmm. so, you know, for a fact, you're in HR. You have a nurse and every time a cold comes on, she's there or you're going to start putting some pieces together. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, any, any time that there's somebody that passes away in the hospital or something, at least where I am, I don't know about all the other ones, there's always not an investigation in the sense of, like, Trying to the cops coming blame, in. But, like, yeah. they're the – um, doctor has to kind of say that this could or couldn't have been okay. something. The detective has to kind of look at whenever it's something that's out of nowhere kind of death. Um, and then also like the justice of the peace has to come and mm. actually like sign off that there was no foul play or anything and look into it. That's just what's so crazy to me. But and you, maybe times have changed now, but yes, I was just about to say that I'm so glad that technology is evolving. Mm -hmm. Times are changing so that <sighs> Hopefully, you know, we don't have more angels of death out there that, that are nurses and that are taking these people's lives. But we did just want to shine a light that sometimes, most of the time, serial killers, they do have mental illnesses mm -hmm. that maybe people are not looking into or maybe went misdiagnosed because of the time mm -hmm. that they were in because a lot of people's mental illnesses went undiagnosed back in those times. Yeah. So just to shine a light and let you know that, you know, mental illnesses comes in like different yeah. different states like you could be a serial killer severities of yeah things. like different and severities of it yeah and we're not justifying that at all at all um but i think it is just it's just kind of ties in and it's spooky season and yeah. talking about true crime but yeah I and just, scorpios y'all gotta hold this l y'all gotta hold it i was like out of all motherfucking signs this bitch is a scorpio mm -hmm. and my mama was a scorpio and she wasn't a serial killer or anything but scorpios y'all are a different breed and baby nurse christian just really 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 made y'all mm -hmm. look bad but we do thank y'all for um joining our spooky season this is like so exciting yeah. i really hope y'all enjoy this episode because i think this is something we could kind of keep building yeah. on because i love how you were so fucking in shock like y'all i we're gonna have to start recording too our like for youtube and stuff so people can see the reactions because y'all it's literally like funny in here chelsea the whole time was like cringing like balling up her fist like what did this bitch do so let us know if there's if anybody else we all want crime. us to talk. Yeah, anybody else you want us to talk about or anything? And I think we kind of want to stay, f not focused, but we can do any kind of serial killer, but female serial killer yeah. since this is like a podcast for women. Because y'all women be trying to escape stuff like we don't be crazy. And mm -hmm. Kristen just showed y'all these hoes is crazy. Mm -hmm. So thank y'all for joining our true crime. Like, I'm just like yeah. lit and just enjoy this. Spooky. Can y'all hear that? Yes. Just enjoy the spooky. We thank y'all for coming and joining this true crime. DM us. Me and Chelsea are always active mm -hmm. on our Instagram. So DM us and let us know if y'all want to hear some more true crime stories. We pray that you are not crazy like Kristen and you guys stay safe and have a happy Halloween. Bye. Bye.